Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The thing about the home and auto bundle from Progressive is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the home and auto bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the home and auto bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive. Or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the home and auto bundle. <clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Ghost in the Night with Phil Sams. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another live edition of Ghost in the Night, a hauntings and paranormal podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about paranormal myths. And, uh, you know, this is something that I think everybody needs to comprehend to understand and to learn about because there are with the popularity of the paranormal that has really skyrocketed here over the last decade or so i think it's important that people understand there are some misconceptions there are some myths that come along with that that aren't necessarily true and the better we understand that the better we look at these situations the better off we are going to be when we do our paranormal investigations or when we actually do have an issue. When maybe if you're experiencing some kind of paranormal activity in your own home, this understanding these myths, and I'm just going to do maybe four, I think four, unless something pops into my, my mind that I haven't written down yet. But if you understand these four, you will really, truly have a better chance of understanding what's going on and actually helping maybe solve the problem or live with the problem. Or And I hate to use the word problem because it's not necessarily a problem. And that, when people think of it as a problem, you know what, let's start with that one. But no, we won't start with that one because there's something I want to get into before I... Uh, go into the actual mist and I hope you guys will indulge me in that and hang around because I this is very important and I really want to get it off my chest because something did occur the other day or yeah well last night for the time I'm recording this in this live stream but let's go ahead and jump into that before I uh, get too far and deep into the uh, paranormal myths topic of the night uh last night you know i post all these podcasts on my podcast feed i post them on youtube and i do a lot of social media so you know i'm always interacting with people i'm always you know trying to respond to anybody who leaves me a comment anybody who interacts with me i try to respond as often as i can it's not 100 it's not foolproof there are a lot of things that 
you know, it takes takes some time to do. And there's only so many hours in the day. And, you know, let's face it, I, uh, you know, I have to produce this podcast, do all the work that that entails, and then live my life and have a regular nine-to-five job. So it does, you know, it can be time-consuming. And I don't always have a chance to respond to every like, every retweet, every comment on YouTube. But I do my best, and if I don't do that, or I you notice I don't respond, or give a thumbs up, or a like, or love, hit the love button, or whatever, whatever YouTube has, it's a little hard. Uh, don't take it personal. I odds are I will see it if I haven't noticed it already. But I will do. I'm going to try to do a better job of actually doing that in the future, uh, as I devote more and more time, because this will take up more and more of my time. But I've never been afraid of the comment section before. I'm not a big, I don't, how can I, how can I word this? I don't really concern myself with other people's opinions that much, unless you are a member of my immediate family. You know, the people that live under this house or my mother or my, anybody that I consider in my close circle. You know, if you don't like me, you don't like me. If you have something to say, say it. It's not, doesn't, it doesn't worry me. It doesn't concern me if, especially when you're talking about social media and the internet, if I don't know you and I will never probably know you, I will never meet you in person. You can love me, hate me, whatever. I mean, I would hope that you would be a little bit more respectful, but you know, I'm not going to get all pissy necessarily if for somebody who doesn't like me, as long as they come, are a little bit more respectful, we can agree to disagree. And that is, that's so important to understand. We have to learn to agree and disagree. But I got this comment, like I said, last night, I was finishing up editing uh, a podcast that I recorded earlier in yesterday. And Broke out of the studio, uh, visited with the family for a while. Me and the better half was communicating and talking, you know, trying to relax. And I got a notification. I got a comment on a YouTube video. It was the, uh, is Bob Lazar line or that last episode that I did. So, hello, mother. You are here. You will like this episode. Hope you are doing well. For those of you on the who don't understand what I'm what I just did, like I said earlier, I record these live on Sunday nights. This won't get released till Thursday. So if you are listening on Thursday and you want to partake live, be sure to join the face or just go to my Facebook page, and uh, that's where I do it from. So you can catch get early access and interact with me during the show. And if you comment, maybe I can. Uh, interact with you there like I just did with my wonderful mother. But anyway, getting back to what happened last night. I got this comment. I didn't read it immediately, but I kind of, you know, from my phone, it, you do kind of get an idea of what it's about. You know, can't read the whole thing. And uh, I knew it wasn't necessarily good from how it started off, but I wasn't going to stress over it. So I did what I was doing last night. And then once I got done, I opened up YouTube and read the comment and 
it's you know it started off he came in a, a little hot i mean he tried to do it in a passive aggressive way passive aggressive way if i could speak tonight um and it set it struck a nerve it if i'm being honest as i read the whole comment it infuriated me and most people that do know me know i you know i don't if you piss me off i generally you know i'm gonna say something you know i'm not uh really a high road kind of guy all the time i'm more i am just as comfortable going taking the, the low road than the high road sometimes but i was still kind of stewing over it i didn't i still had some things i had to do so i didn't respond immediately and that turns out is a blessing in disguise now basically what this comment said and i'm sure he's probably uh going to watch the video of this episode so you know i'm not going to mention his name you know naturally you can uh do do a little investigation and figure out who it was but I, I read the comment and I was really at first, my first thought was, okay, I'm going to war. And what really, you know, he came in in a passive aggressive way, taking a shot at me. And the passive aggressive part really is insulting because if you want to come at me, come at me, come at me hard. Throw haymakers if you want. Don't kind of sneak it in on the slide. But it this does have a good ending, I will say that. So bear with me on that. But like I was saying, I did not respond at first. I took the time, continued to be with the family, and then once I was getting ready for bed, okay, let me respond. And as I was thinking about it, responding, I took the time to think about this, how I wanted to respond to this. And I made the conscious decision. I said, you know what? I'm just going to take the high road. I'm not going to engage in a comment war with somebody who I don't know. So basically what he said, let me just give a brief summary of what he said. Um, like I said, I was talking about the Bob Lazar episode. I believe it was episode 90. And I said, when it, and that we were talk that episode was about Bob Lazar. Was he telling the truth? Uh, because I did see a video that they were analyzing his body language. If you haven't seen that, go back, check that one out. And also the Tic Tac incident that Commander Dave Fravor was on a podcast. I saw that interview. So I was talking about UFOs and Bob Lazar. And the overall theme of that episode was, you know, I don't know what these things are. I'm not saying they're ETs coming back, you know. And I believe, I'm pretty sure I haven't completely looked into it. What I haven't revisited that, so let's re-listen to it. I should say, but I'm I was trying to project that I don't know what these things are. I'm open to either or. I believe I even said these could be military craft, the that we just don't know about experimental craft. Could be aliens. It could be interdimensional. It could be in any number of things. And when it comes to the Bob Lazar stuff, I said I don't know if he's telling the truth. Don't know. He very well could be. He seems believable, but what I am pretty sure, I think he believes his story. Now, whether that's, you know, what that means, I don't know. I, you know, I leave room for all possibilities when it comes to the paranormal because nobody's an expert. So that was the gist of the 
podcast. And I did take a shot at professional debunker or professional skeptic, whatever you want to call him, uh, McWest. And this person, this YouTuber or YouTube, yeah, I guess YouTuber, but I don't, he doesn't have any videos, uh, took, he, you know, he was upset with my take on McWest. So he started out the, uh, the uh, comment with due, dil- due diligence, LOL. You're not a great researcher yourself. So that was a, that was a shot at me. And, you know, I did not take that well at first. It, it was like a spur under my, in my shoe. Every time I walked, I could feel it. But I, like I said, I did not respond immediately. I took some deep breaths, did what I finished my uh, evening. And once people started going to bed, I responded. And here is exactly how I responded. Well, not exactly. I'll paraphrase. Thank you for your input. And I did say, I don't know what these things are. And I said that in the podcast. I'm open to all of it. And at the end of my reply or my response, I, how did I, how did I, how did I word? Basically, I said, I'm open. I'm always open to learning more. And that was it. Period. End of sentence. Hit send and done. Excuse me. He responded back a little later and basically said, you know, his tune, he come, you know, he wasn't taking shots at me anymore. He said, I appreciate that you're open to learning, open to other ways of thinking. Like I said, I'm paraphrasing all this. And he gave me a list of videos from Mick West and other or other physicists to kind of debunk some of the stuff I was talking about. Okay. I will, and I responded, thank you. I will check those out. And, you know, he, we kind of exchanged a little bit. But the moral of the story is, after I said, sent that last response, I kind of thought it was over and done with, squashed. I was kind of patting myself on the back. I knew I had got through this without starting a all-out war with somebody. We kind of, it was diffused and over. And what happened next kind of shocked me, and it made me start thinking about society today. His next response was, basically, he apologized for coming in rude. He, I, he used the word rude, sorry for being rude, something to that effect. I don't remember exactly, but that was the gist of it. And I started thinking to myself, okay, that's cool. That is actually cool. He acknowledges he came in a little hot, insulted me, and he obviously respected the fact that I didn't counterpunch. And when I did respond, I responded to that saying, no biggie, we all need to learn from each other, blah, 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 you know, kind of stuff, because it's true. There's This world's big enough to, for all different opinions. I don't have all the answers. And I've said this on this podcast several times. I don't have all the answers. There's, I'm not the smartest man in the world. I've said it before. I'm a high-functioning moron. I just, you know, I try to do some research. But with his initial response and why I, one reason why I took the approach I took was because he was actually right. And a, a very important aspect of that. I didn't do my due diligence. I had 
I've seen some interviews with Mick West, but I have not dove deep into his content, into his videos. I hadn't done due diligence. And he was right. He called me out on that. I got a little one-sided in my researching, essentially. And I've always said, you need to look at both sides of the story because in life, it's neither right or left. The answer is always in the middle. Nobody's 100% right. And I lost that a little bit. And that is one of the reasons why I didn't go on attack mode. And that is why I said, appreciate your opinion. And he acknowledged, I think he acknowledged my approach. He apologized for for what was said. And he, you know, hoped he could use my videos and stuff as future reference. Because I am going to look into those videos that he sent me, do a little bit more research, and I might even do a follow-up episode on that stuff or at least do a video or something to acknowledge it so i mean it's all good that is what learning is about that is what the paranormal is about we don't know what this is and we have to learn because not everything is paranormal not every sighting in the sky is a ghost or is a ufo not every knock on a wall is a ghost you have to do your research and i didn't do a good enough job and I think he appreciated that, you know, my approach, and I, that I was diffusing the situation. I didn't go on attack mode. And he apologized. Was, and he really didn't even have to do that. I was shocked that he did. And I think we could all learn from that in today's society because that is a big issue in today's society. And I talked about this. I did do a little video, if you follow me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all that. I did do a little video from a, my Paranormal Diary series, which are just little short 10, 8, 5 to 10 minute videos. I talked about this. But, you know, I think that is a big issue with today's society. We don't diffuse. We escalate. And we need to sit back and not react on emotion. We need to think about what was said or somebody else's opinion, walk a mile in somebody else's shoes before we respond look at both sides of the argument and then respond even if you get insulted even if some says something horrible to you you need to look at both sides try to put yourself in that person's shoes or that person's mindset and i think this world would be a lot it wouldn't be perfect we'd still probably be living in crazy times but i think social media would be a lot better off a lot a much better place to congregate than what it is now because it is a complete shit show let's be honest there's tons of hate and this whole either with me or against me does not work very well hello frankie so you need to understand that and when you're dealing with something like the paranormal and trust me i know i'm kind of preaching here and i will get to paranormal myths in a minute but when you are dealing with a topic like the paranormal Nobody knows. We these are all opinions. And so you have to be open to the other side. You have to be open to the professional debunkers. You have to research them just as much as you research or follow, you know, paranormal investigators. You need to follow the debunkers. You need to get both sides of the argument. That is the only way we learn. Cause this isn't black and white. This is perfectly gray. And that is how we are going to come to answers. 
and that is how we are going to get to the truth. So I am done preaching on that. But I, I, that was worth that. I think that was just worth taking, you know, fifteen twenty minutes here of this episode to acknowledge of, you know, how you respond to something plays a big role in escalating or de-escalating a situation, no matter what it is. And there is a lot of friction in the paranormal. And this goes with paranormal investigators as well. If you follow paranormal investigators on Twitter, I mean, it's, they're fighting with each other. We need, we're all working toward the same goal. And even professional skeptics and paranormal investigators are working toward the same goal, finding answers. It's just how we go about it. But it's not about who's wrong, who's right. It's about finding the freaking answers, finding out what there is, what is definite when we move on from this place of existence, this plane or whatever. That is the goal. All right. Soapbox put away for now. Let's get to paranormal myths. And this is, you know, we're going to keep this one light. You know, we got a little heavy and we've kind of been a little heavier over the past couple of weeks with these episodes. So let's keep this one light with paranormal myths. Now, the first paranormal myth that I'm not debunking, I'm just talking about them and kind of shedding some light to some of these myths is spirits only come out at night. If you watch these paranormal shows, you know, they're always at night. They're always using night vision equipment and they may and people have talked about the witching hour at 3 a.m i'm here to tell you it's that's that's completely false i've said it on this podcast in the past and frankie can attest to this the spirit world whatever the spirit world is does not punch a time clock it could be 3 a.m it could be noon it could be midnight it could be 11 o'clock it could be two o'clock in the morning Activity is going to happen when it's going to happen, and especially residual, a residual type haunting. That is when that is going to take place when that event occurred. If it happened in the afternoon, it's going to happen in the afternoon. I believe I said this in another episode or another interview. You know, people have reported activity in the mornings, almost like a morning ritual, going in, making the coffee, you're hearing cabinets open up. So you don't have to investigate at night. And I believe I when in, and Frankie and I talked about this at our last investigation in Iowa. You know, it was a schoolhouse, and we didn't get a lot of uh, personal experiences there. Apparently, we are we got a lot on Frankie got a lot on uh, his recordings and on the DVRs, but personal experience wise, it seemed kind of dead, seemed kind of low key. Maybe because there's residual hauntings there, and a school functions during the day. And that is when you might have a better chance of getting activity during the day, hearing footsteps, hearing shuffling like a crowded hallway. So it doesn't matter what time it is. You can investigate in the afternoon. You can investigate in the midnight hours. It's whenever the ex- you feel the activity is present, whenever you've experienced something. It's not a overnight thing. Now, I do, I will say, I do like to investigate at night because you sit in the dark and you kind of, uh, you, it's like when you, people who, you know, are, lose a sense, lose their sight or whatever, their other senses heighten. I do like sitting in the dark and investigating that I get a better sense of the environment, feel the energy and things such as that. 
because it's like being blind. Your ears open up. Your sense of smell is heightened. I feel you're tuned into the energy of the room, the location, and it might put you on the same frequency as that paranormal activity, and it might help you interact or get some actual activity. So you have to be, you have to be really in tune with the spirit world or whatever it is. So that is a benefit of doing it at night, but it doesn't have to be. You can investigate during the day. So don't, if you think you have to investigate at night, it's not the case. It depends on the location. It depends on what kind of haunting. It depends on you. It depends on how you interact with your environment. Myth number two, every old creepy building is haunted, or I'm going to slash this one, or a haunted house or a haunted building has to be creepy. No, it's not the case at all. I've heard stories. I've seen other locations that aren't creepy. Brand new homes can have activity. It doesn't, just because it looks creepy doesn't mean it's haunted. Just because it's haunted doesn't mean it looks, it looks the part. That's a stereotype. And a lot of times it can be true. But I think that's merely just because of the fact that places like, you know, hospitals, old jails that are dilapidated and run down. They look creepy. They look, they fit the stereotype as haunted. And that's what a lot of these uh, paranormal shows go to. So that's what people think is a haunted or what a haunted location looks like. But that's not true. That is not true at all. There have been, if you remember the old Ghost Hunters, the original Ghost Hunters episode, they investigated Kings Island here in Mason, Ohio, just down the street there from me, you know, 15, 20 minutes away. I spent my childhood there. But they had activity. So it doesn't have to be creepy. It doesn't have to be an old mansion. It doesn't have to necessarily be an old hospital. It can be a new hospital. And I think new hospital are, could be ripe for activity. Just for the matter of fact of all the energy that is dispersed in a, in a hospital. All the emotion that is dispersed in the hospital. The death, the pain and suffering of the of the loved ones. I just think they're so busy um, and people aren't in that, the right mindset to experience it. There's probably, if somebody would kind of sit there and get in tune with that atmosphere or that energy in that uh, working modern hospital, they could probably sense something. They could probably feel something. So that is kind of debunks that whole myth, that whole stereotype. And another thing is, you have to be careful when doing these in uh, investigations in creepy places because, oh, let's see. Got some new people here. Welcome, Paul. Frankie's here. Um, Where was I at? Lost my train. I'm, I'm not a good multitasker. Uh hospital blah blah blah. oh well anyway but it doesn't oh that's where i was going with that bear with me i'm i'm working here the uh 
I, you have to be careful when you're talking or when you're investigating or you're looking into places that look creepy. That can have a psychological effect on you. It can put it in your mind that this place is haunted. You need to go into an investigation or something with an, an open book. You can't go in with preconceived notions. If you go in thinking that some place is haunted, odds are you're going to find something. Your mind's going to work to find evidence that it is haunted rather than just taking the evidence as it comes or taking the experience as it comes. You need to really be open to it. And when places are creepy, you're expected. You're expecting activity. And never expect activity. Welcome it, but don't expect it. I've been guilty of this myself. You know, it's hard to do. when You have to separate that part of your brain. You have to really um, focus and work hard at just being neutral, especially in a place that has the appearance of a haunted location. Because your brain can play, your mind can play tricks on you, and you might miss something or you might misinterpret the experience as paranormal when there possibly could be a rational explanation for it. So, discount that myth altogether. Any place can be haunted. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Uh, let's see, number, what am I at? Number three. Oh, oh that's right. This is my favorite because it's so much bullshit. Halloween is a thin spot between the worlds. Great. It's a great urban legend. It's a great myth on ancient culture. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm just not a big believer in that thin spot. I believe we create the thin spots, whether you want to be, um, use the word portal or whatever. I think we create that thin spot. We are in tune with that realm, that world. And that's why you have some people that can experience paranormal activity and some people can't because they are in tune with this. I talked with, I did an interview yesterday with a YouTuber, Kelly from Kelly's Unexplained. And we talked about that. You know, it is, everybody experiences it different. Everybody, you know, is tuned, tunes into the spirit world differently. And you have to be tuned into it just right to experience something or to interact with something like these People who have like empaths and mediums and whatever, they may be able to tune into the to the uh, spirit world a little bit more so than me or anybody else who doesn't or somebody who doesn't experience it at all. That is more likely than one night of the year. There is a thin spot. There is a thinning of the veil. Maybe, but I'm not buying it. I think it just depends on the person. I think it depends on the environment, the environmental causes, whether it be a thunderstorm, lightning, uh, high EMF, the Earth pumping out magnetism, what, whatever it might be. I don't think it's because of the lining of the planets and all, you know, thinning the, the worlds are rotating and the veil is thinner. No, that's a myth. That's just to make Halloween creepy. In my opinion, I could be wrong. I'm like I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast. I'm open to learning, but from my research and from my experience, I don't think it's 
I've not experienced more on Halloween than I have any other day of the week. If anything, it's just the opposite. I don't know. So you definitely don't, I don't think that's the case when it comes to the thinning of the veil. Now, the last one I want to talk about before, like I said, I'm going to keep this one short since uh, we have two episodes coming out this week. This episode, if you're on the live stream, will come out Thursday on my podcast feed and YouTube and things such as that. Uh, I have another episode. Episode 91 will air. came out Monday, so if you're, you know, it hasn't aired yet for the people on the live stream. But for the people listening, it aired Monday. Skeptics are very useful. And most people, and I don't hate skeptics. And there's a lot of paranormal investigators, a lot of people who love the paranormal that despise, you know, people who are skeptical or, you know, you can't do that. I've always said the best paranormal teams have everybody. They have all people from all walks of life, have true believers, have skeptics, have professional debunkers. You know, you need all of it because we keep each other all in check. And that is what a good team's about. And if you are a solo investigator, if you go out on your own, then uh, you need to have it all. You need to be a believer, but you need to be open to not everything's paranormal. You need, need to have a little bit of a skeptic side. You need to, you need to come, when you get an experience, when you get something or you get a possible piece of evidence, or you just have that interaction with something, see an aberration, or hear a disembodied voice, or you find something on a recording, your first thought should not be, it's a ghost. No. You need to work through the checklist. Rule out everything. That is the best way to do it. That way, you do it that way, you won't get duped with evidence. and you won't make a mistake or you're less likely to make a mistake, make a mistake. There's no right or wrong answers here, really, but you're less likely to put something out that isn't paranormal, you know, that that has a rational explanation for it. And I'm, I will say this on that. There's no shame in putting a piece of evidence saying, Hey, look at what I caught here. Get other people's opinion. Because just because you don't know what caused it doesn't mean somebody else can't have the answer of what it really is or what causes that in the natural world. There's no shame in it. You're not a loser for thinking something's paranormal that's not. It just means you don't have the answer. You didn't know. It's like, I'll talk about UFOs for a second. Unidentified flying objects is self-explanatory. It means unidentified flying object. It doesn't mean alien. It means the person who is looking at it does not know what it is. It's unidentified. They're not an idiot or wrong because they don't. How can they be wrong if they say, hey, it's unidentified. I don't know what it is. How can they be wrong? They're not wrong. It's not a right or wrong problem. Same thing with paranormal. Hey, I. this is weird. I experienced this. I caught this on tape. I caught this on video. I caught this on a still piece of photography. It's not, I don't know what this is. I think this could be supernatural. I think this could be evidence of the spirit world. What do you think? And if you immediately start mocking somebody that 
does that or puts that out there, you're an asshole. That person had a legitimate, doesn't know, and he wanted some advice. He wanted somebody else's opinion. That's how we learn. We learn through our mistakes. We learn through being wrong. Nobody got good at something. Nobody started out this good at something. No paranormal investigator started out picking out evidence and being able to interpret it perfect 100% from jump. No, there's a learning curve. You have to get better at it. Practice makes perfect. And just because you put out a piece of evidence that might not be paranormal, it's okay. It's okay not now. If you do come at it, this is a ghost. This is it. This is blah blah blah. And somebody says, "I uh, no, I don't think that's a ghost. I think this is A, B, and C." And you immediately go on the defensive. Then okay, you're just as much as part of the problem. Be open, just like what I opened up this podcast with. Be open to the fact that you don't have all the answers. And we need to come together and learn from each other, in the paranormal world and in the real world. On Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube. We need to learn from each other because nobody is 100% or nobody knows everything. We can all learn from each other, especially in the paranormal world. That's why I hate when paranormal, people in the paranormal community start attacking one another. That just shows a narrow-minded, narrow-minded mindset. And it shows people more worried about popularity, more worried about clicks, more worried about their brand, more worried about views than just getting to the answers. We are all searching for answers here. I don't know. If we start changing the way we think, maybe society can't do that. If anything, if you watch the news or, you know, you... What's going on in the world today might prove we can't change. We can't get along. We can never see eye to eye, maybe. I don't know. That's a bleak thought, but the paranormal world, we really need to embrace each other. We really need to come together and not attack one another for putting out a piece of evidence that's questionable. But you also you put out that questionable evidence. You have to be open to Getting a little, you know, be open to take some constructive criticism, just like the guy who sent me the uh, com- gave, gave me the comment yesterday. I took his criticism, and if I looked at myself honestly, he was right in one regard. How can I be mad at him for pointing out something he was actually right at? That's hard to do for a lot of people, and uh, if I'm being honest, this has come to me in my elderly years this the fill of 15 20 years ago my mother can attest would not have thought that we would have went to war i would have went to war with that guy even if i knew i was wrong i wasn't wouldn't have let him talk to me that way or take a passive aggressive jab at me you take a pass you take a passive aggressive jab at me you screwed up back then now you know i was like oh you know what maybe she's right did i really look into that as well as i should have so, you know, uh, I know this episode's kind of a downer now, but we need to break those myths that I just talked about. And it can't be a myth because apparently we don't know what the paranormal is. Nobody has the answers here. And I've said this a million times. 
People are probably getting tired of me saying it. Nobody knows what this is. We are all taking guesses in the dark. Maybe science, some of these scientists are right. And there's nothing to any of this. I find that hard to believe because this world is so wonderful. There's so much splendor in this world. There are so many unanswered questions. Science doesn't answer every question. And we are always, scientists are always coming up with new things. They're learning more every, every day. So why, why can't the paranormal be part of that? This is a wonderful world. It's mesmerizing how awesome this universe is. Even if it's a flat earth, I don't care. It's still, you can't go outside and not be amazed at how everything is connected. And trees and grass and the animals and us with our environment get out in nature you ha you have to feel that energy this is wonderful there has to be more to it or this could be a simulation uh, i could be full of shit i don't know let me know what you think in the comments comment section um on this video and once again for the gentleman who sent me the 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 comment that i talked about earlier thank you you called me out on my my inadequacies and i'm patting myself on the back here. I'm so glad I didn't go into attack mode or get defensive and attack you back. I'm glad I realized you were right in one respect. Now, I don't agree with the passive aggressive. No, you could have come about it a different way, but I looked past it and we really, you know, hit it all, not hit it off, but we came to an understanding. Hey, I need to do better. And I think he realized he can do better by, by going attack mode first. But that's kind of social media these days. It's, that is, you know, people kind of, that is their first response. So I think I'm going to end it on that note. Next week, I will try to be a little bit more upbeat. I tried to keep this one with a light topic of uh, paranormal mess. Um, hopefully Frankie will, I think he's getting close on doing some research for the uh, schoolhouse we went to. And we might go, uh, live uh next we're going to go live next sunday uh but hopefully maybe frank will be on we'll be talking about the schoolhouse we just investigated and some of the evidence we found on the video footage and kind of go a little bit deeper into that and hopefully have some answers for it. i know he's doing a lot of research on it and if he can connect some dots of what he's caught on tape that's going to be some really good evidence i believe um i am going this week i'm going to go through finished going through my recordings so i might have some answers as well i am doing more content i am if you follow me on twitter and facebook and instagram and hell i'm even on linkedin now for the podcast i'm trying to put up little videos like i mentioned earlier the paranormal diaries where i'm just talking about the paranormal or talking about my day it could be anything don't be surprised if you see a bonus episode where i group every week i might group the five of them or whatever many i did that week and just put them out on the podcast feed no video or, or might be video i don't know but there are videos i do record them in a video form and put them on instagram facebook and if you follow me you've seen them let me know what this uh let me know what you think of them if you think i'm wasting my time i just want to get my point across and i'm going to use them kind of as a workshop for future episodes 
just like today, I talk. I wanted to talk. I knew I wanted to talk about that comment tonight, so I kind of put it down on video earlier. My thoughts and just work through. It's not going to be polished. It's not going to be edited worth a shit. It's just me rambling and working through some things. So I, if you you know you don't like it, you don't have to listen to those. They're kind of my notes essentially, and kind of give you a peek into my thought process and my work, how I go about this kind of work, playing the podcast and doing everything. Um, if you, what else was, what but follow me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter, um, Instagram, reach out. Don't be afraid to, uh, I love, you know, getting interactions, even negative interaction on, you know, if you don't like what I do, and that's one thing about YouTube that pisses me off a little bit. If you're going to thumbs down me, tell me why you thumbs down me. Let me learn from it a little bit. Tell me what you didn't like about it. Maybe I could change it. Maybe I might end up agreeing with you. You know, but you don't have to be a dick about it. You don't have to come in hot. You can say, hey, didn't like the video. I think you're boring. That's fine. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I'm just winging it. I'm not a professional here. I'm just a moron with a microphone who's got a little bit of free time. So thank you guys for, thank you, Paul, new to the, new to the, Live stream. Thank you for joining. It looks like he's leaving. Thank you for joining. Frankie, thank you for coming in. And people who commented, my mother, as always, just so we'll kind of go, we're going a little, we'll go a little over tonight. Uh, my mother, everybody congratulate my mother. She got married. How's married life treating your mother? I haven't talked. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you a call. I'll call you this week. I've been super busy with this damn podcast, and that's no excuse. I should call my mother more often. So, bad me leave a comment about that you won't get no argument so thank you guys for listening thank you for letting me rant um if you have an idea for you know a topic you want to you want me to cover or you have a question i get a lot of questions about demonic scratches and i think i've covered that if you do have a question about demonic scratches go back to some of my go especially the some of my protecting yourself episodes or my demon episodes, or even the demonic scratches episodes, look into that. And I answered those questions. I I answered those questions, how to deal with it, or the best practices to deal with it, in my opinion. And these are opinions. All of this is my opinion. I'm not, you know, there's not one perfect way to do this. So thank you guys for listening. I'm going to get off here. Thank you for joining, everybody joining the live stream. Leave us a comment, follow us, like us, subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend. Thank you. I would greatly appreciate it. We'll, we are growing, I think, uh, from our numbers. But we'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. is that by now you've heard a lot of ads about the Home and Auto Bundle from Progressive. We don't even need the words the Home and Auto Bundle anymore to tell you that you could save big with a ring-tailed lemur from Progressive or that every hot peach cobbler comes with round-the-clock service and protection. And that's the thing about the goat with magic powers. You've heard a lot of ads about the sushi in Vancouver. See how much you could save with the Home and Auto Bundle. <clears throat>
<clears throat> with the Shaman in the Jungle from Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations.